News, politics, and special guests with a Texas twist. That's the goal of the Luke Messias Show. Our nation and state are at a crossroads, and if you're not informed, you're not equipped to make the change our community needs. Join the conversation and join the cause for liberty today. Welcome to episode 93 of the Luke Messias Show. Guys, we have quite a bit to cover today, so I'm going to cover a couple different stories. Um, We are going to start off with uh, a conversation. I want to actually show you the testimony of Shonda McKay Rodriguez. Shonda is, uh, I don't know her personally, but she is a pro-life activist, someone who was the product of a teen pregnancy, whose mom decided to keep her, who lives in Lubbock, is a pharmacist there, and testified uh, before the Lubbock. City Council regarding their uh, potential ordinance to make Lubbock a sanctuary city for the unborn. And this is a phenomenal movement that's grown. We're going to talk more about this movement throughout next year as well. Um, If you want to hear kind of somewhat of the genesis of this conversation, you can go back to episode 88, where Jonathan Sticklin and myself recount just how Texas House leadership, Dustin Burroughs, Craig Goldman, Dennis Bonin at the time, tried to kill... uh, pro-life policy that we pushed that put into law at least some uh, got the conversation started, I would say, regarding whether or not cities could or could not ban abortion. And so we have seen snowballed more and more cities popping up banning abortion in Texas. And uh, now the city of Lubbock is considering it. And they're doing it because the citizens went around and gathered enough petitions to force the council to take action. And a Republican council who all claim to be pro-life don't want to actually make Lubbock a sanctuary city for the unborn and protect those innocent children. Imagine if somebody told you, hey, um, I'm pro-life, which means, by the way, that I think the unborn child is a human being who should be protected. But I don't want to, like, pass an ordinance that says they can't be murdered. That would seem to be an active practice of cognitive dissonance. Um, But, you know such as the life of politicians in Texas so often. So episode 88, we talk about when House leadership did that. The really good news is that Dustin Burroughs has reversed course and is now on board with creating a sanctuary city there in Lubbock, which is phenomenal. Charles Perry also has been spearheading a lot of efforts in there. And so if you're in Lubbock, you should be grateful that you have people like Charles Perry who are willing to go to battle um, on issues like this, even against local officials. So we're going to show you Shonda's testimony, and there's a couple things. One, I just want you to see what it's like for citizens to become active in the process, to try to gather petitions and get people engaged and then attend a city council meeting and testify. But with Shonda, she actually struck a chord in a way that really offended the mayor, Dan Pope there, uh, to the point that he was not very happy with what she had to say because she challenged the way they were thinking in Lubbock and actually said, according to historical precedent, we should consider the time we're in and whether or not we're willing to stand up or not stand up for the unborn. And and Dan did not like that, probably because he is somebody who would like to consider himself pro-life but not willing to fight for the unborn. And so he pushed back on that. And we are going to take you to her testimony. So I'm going to take you to that four minutes, kind of give you an update on what's happening there in Lubbock, and then we'll come back and talk about a handful of other things. So take a look. Good evening. Thank you for hearing all of us today. Um, I couldn't be more proud right now. That was my mom. (laughs) I was the second teen pregnancy that she had, and I hope we can all agree that my life and my sister's life, that they're both valuable and worth being here today. 
My name is Shonda McKay Rodriguez. I live at 3706 63rd Drive, and I was on the list five hours ago. <laughs> so sorry if I felt like a cut. Um, I was born and raised in Lubbock, and I earned my doctorate of pharmacy at the Texas Tech Health Sciences Center. Let me begin by briefly um, summarizing a piece of the Declaration of Independence, since so many have, I won't actually read everything I wrote, but um, the very foundation of our country guarantees us the right to life. In the years since that initial document, those words have been repeatedly tested as human rights were violated. Before the Civil War, it was legal to own and physically beat fellow human beings because they had a different skin color. The unbelievable thing about that time in history is that those such as Harriet Tubman who participated in the Underground Railroad were breaking the law while slave owners who were raping, harming, and even killing enslaved people were within their legal rights. An egregious injustice was happening in our nation and there was a clear line between what was the law and what was morally right. Similarly, in the Civil Rights Movement, Rosa Parks, Martin Luther King Jr., and others were imprisoned for standing up for their beliefs. What was socially acceptable and legal at the time was far removed from what is just. Again, people of noble character stood up for what was right, even when the law did not defend them. Today, we face many related human rights injustices. There are still lives that are not given equal value in our nation. One of those many injustices is the killing of our most innocent and voiceless citizens, babies who have not yet been born. As I mentioned before, I have a doctorate in the scientific field. There is no question when life begins from a scientific perspective. When sperm fertilizes an egg, DNA synthesis begins. This DNA is a new sequence independent of the mother or the father. A new human life has started in that instant. This, isn't just, this is not just my personal opinion. The, this next quote is directly from the Princeton University website. Life begins at fertilization with the embryo's conception. Ms. Div let me interrupt for one second. Yes, sir. Uh, we're not arguing that tonight. We're, this, this is about the ordinance, and please, keep, please. Yes, sir, please I keep, understand that, please but you're keep, telling me, no, keep your you're telling no, me that telling Roe you, v. Wade no, is the law of the land and that we're sticking to I'm the law of the land. I'm not telling you anything. I'm asking, all I'm saying I've is to keep your- I've heard you quote that in this argument, in I've, this discussion. I'm not telling you anything. I'm asking you to keep your comments. Yes, sir. Not to, we, we, we've, we've, we, I don't think anybody up here would argue with what you just said. I, I don't know. I've never asked him about it. But we're talking about our ordinance, sanctuary city yes, for sir. the unborn. That's what the discussion needs to be. Yes, about. sir. Okay. Please. Okay. There's yes. A lot of other people. But I'm getting want... to the point well, but, that but, human but my, life my, my, is valuable, my, but, and I'm describing where that life begins. We've, we've that heard, is crucial to we've this heard argument. That. How many times have we heard that tonight? I've been stuck outside. They told could, me no, I'd get a number, you and you, you cannot you, hear out there. Okay. You cannot. There are too many You've people. You've been in talking. the room enough times to hear it, ma'am. Please. All what you're doing is creating an opportunity where other people are not going to be able to speak. Because at I'm some trying point, to get through this as quickly as okay, possible, and I'm it, just trying to finish. But, but you're, you, you haven't talked about the ordinance yet. I'm you're, getting you're to my you've point. Gone, you've taken me through slavery and through the civil rights. I mean, let's talk about the ordinance, okay? I'm, yes, sir. Okay, Those are please. human rights and justices, and okay. I believe that if to, we do the, not pass the, this or, ordinance. To the ordinance, please. That's what I'm saying. If I believe if we do not pass this ordinance, then we are committing yet another human rights injustice by saying that we do not value the lives of the unborn. Okay. That is my entire point, that's, that's, is that we need to be on the right side of justice in this case when there are so many times in history where we have not been that. Okay. We've and got, I would and like, I, as a city, okay. for us to choose that. Thank you.
the citizens of Lubbock have made it glaringly obvious by the number of signatures we so quickly gathered that we as a city stand for life, and we hope you will stand with us. Thank you. Thank you very much. Well, uh, again, I hope that one of the things you take away from that is, one, the type of courage that sh people like Shonda have. Um, you know, here's the reality. You get up, you're a citizen. You're there before your government to try to really petition them for a redress of your grievances, and you have a mayor who's just kind of really trying to intimidate you and to get you off track and to stop talking because you're challenging the way they're thinking. Here's what you learn about politicians. If you are willing to publicly challenge their narrative, they will bite your head off. They will come after you. They'll try to destroy you because that's the thing that they care about most is the public narrative that they have put in front of people and not wanting it to be challenged in any way. It's the same thing you see with the legacy media outlets who just work tirelessly to try to censor and stop any alternative viewpoints from gaining traction. It's the same thing we're seeing with social media companies today who just want to constantly control that narrative because if you're willing to step up and give an alternative narrative, then you are truly a threat to their system. There's a lot of people who think, I want to try to make a difference without challenging that without pushing back on the status quo. And the truth is, if you are if you want to make a difference, you're gonna to have to be like Shonda and actually push back. So uh, kudos to her, to all of you in Lubbock, keep fighting, we're praying for you and rooting you on the sidelines here in San Antonio, Austin, New Braunfels area. I wanna segue that into uh, Kay Granger. So Representative Kay Granger is a Congresswoman here in Texas, and uh, she is a very liberal Republican. In fact, she's a pro-choice Republican. This kind of gets into, uh, and that's why I think it's a good segue, because in Lubbock, you have a bunch of people who say they're pro-life, but don't want to do anything for the unborn. Kay Granger is somebody who says she's pro-choice, but other people say she's pro-life. So she is a pro-choice Republican. She said that many times. She thinks abortion should be legal. And she faced a very tough challenge this time around from Chris Putnam. Chris Putnam is a strong, conservative, grassroots Republican who challenged her. And uh, what we saw was that uh, deals were cut in Washington, D.C., and House leadership up there were able to convince Donald Trump to step in and endorse all of these down-ballot congressmen to uh, help them get reelected. And Kay Granger, who was somebody who was very vulnerable, um, all of a sudden was able to eke out a victory due to the fact that, honestly, the president of the United States and several other pro-life groups drug her across the finish line because she had these two major problems. One was that she hadn't been supportive of the president in 2016. She'd actually been quite critical. She'd asked for him to step down um, before the November election even happened, probably handing the election to Hillary Clinton. And so she had made efforts to do that. She was outspokenly pro-choice, and that person should not be a congresswoman over a very conservative area in Texas. But... Deals are cut, and they convince the president to come in and endorse her strongly. And she basically spent millions of dollars saying nothing but President Trump supports me. And pro-life groups came in from D.C. to say, no, 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 no. She lied to you when she said she was pro-choice. She's really pro-life, I'm telling you. Um, and this is probably the lesson that pro-life groups will also learn the hard way, uh, but Donald Trump is also learning it, which is that people who will stab you in the back – uh, when they think you're not going to have the power are also going to stab you in the back as soon as they think you're on your way out of power. And Kay Granger is coming out and saying it's time for Trump to move on and stop talking about all these potential election fraud issues. Um, again, we will, over the next several weeks, we will see the court's 
uh, deal with the cases that Trump and his legal team are bringing before them. And so we'll consume that information and make judgment calls based on what comes out. But seeing um, Kay uh, take this action is just a good reminder that when somebody is up for re-election and their own power is on the ballot, they will they'll do anything. They'll cut the deal. They'll say they're with you. They'll change their tune. They'll reverse course. But then as soon as they don't need you anymore, they'll be back to the things that they really believe, which is, in Kay Granger's case, being an anti-Trump, pro-choice Republican that represents a very Republican district, unfortunately. So just a reminder for what's going on. Another thing that happened this week was that, um, actually last week, but the University of Texas announced that it is paying its president $1.25 million. And this was covered at the Texan. You can go there. Um, But in this story, it just really is amazing to watch some of these taxpayer-funded institutions make absolutely absurd decisions with the money that they have. So UT... Uh, has projected that they will have a $400 million drop in adjusted income by the end of July from the last fiscal year, okay? And while they are projecting that loss, they are paying the UT president, Jay Hartzell, $1.25 million, which is a quarter million more than anybody has ever made uh, in that position. So what do we take away from this? Well, the reality is that we're going into a session where the budget's going to be a big conversation. And higher education, all these institutions are going to come and say, you can't cut any of our money. We need as much money as possible. Please continue. And the legislature has increased their money over the last several years. They've opted uh, away from providing more property tax relief and other cost-saving measures or tax relief measures. And they've opted to increase expenditures across the board. And higher education has been one of the beneficiaries of that um, and, and a lot of people have an issue with that. You have a bunch of colleges in Texas who are honestly acting more as like Marxist incubators for Texas students who the Republican legislature is giving pay raises to while they are indoctrinating many of our students. What people often forget is that unlike private universities, the University of Texas, Texas A&M, Texas State, Texas Tech, these are state institutions and they're run by the Board of Regents who are appointed by the governor. They have a public accountability and responsibility. And if they act in a way that is horrifically bad for society. We can hold them accountable. We can have them change course. We can force their hands. But we haven't had people in the past that have been willing to even approach higher education from that way. Often, even these institutions are treated like private institutions that can do whatever they want and are outside of the control of a Republican government. That's not true. This type of activity, when you give your president a quarter million dollar raise while your overall income is dropping 400 million is absurd and would never happen in the private sector. It's a reason we need public accountability from the boards of regents and it's uh, why they need to really consider whether or not the course they're taking is something that not only is in the best interest of Texans, but legislators need to decide if they're actually willing to put up with that or whether they're going to push back and require a little bit more accountability from the University of Texas. I know Representative Matt Schaefer from Tyler has uh, been somewhat outspoken saying that there's going to be a significant amount of accountability uh, to the University of Texas when they come around to ask for more money this session. So we look forward to seeing that. Uh, In closing, uh, there's continued strain between Alan West and the entire, I would say, GOP-established 
oligarchic class of elected officials in Texas. And you have a situation where people like Greg Abbott and Dade Phelan and all of Dade Phelan's lieutenants are very, very unhappy with a GOP chairman. We talked about this last week who's willing to push back against their narrative. What Alan West has said is that we have legislative priorities of the Republican Party. We literally told delegates that we would fight to advance these priorities, and the Republican officials don't seem very intent on doing this. Uh, Just last week, there was a meeting. The caucus talked about it. They haven't said anything publicly about priorities that they support. They haven't come out with a list of priorities that they want to push. So we will have to see where that goes. But the takeaway is that Republicans, especially Republican delegates, should understand the power that your chairman has and when they're willing to yield that power in a way that benefits the Republican platform and puts us in a position to pass more priorities, it holds officials accountable. When we tell them, hey, this is the goalpost, this is the goal line, this is what determines success, it, it makes them very uncomfortable. Legislators like to exist in a world where they create their own goalposts, that they, they create their own playing field. So they get to decide if they score a touchdown or not. And they do this whenever they pass any legislation. You'll hear them all talk about how amazing it is and how it's groundbreaking and earth-shattering and never been done before. And this legislative body has been willing to do this. If they do anything, you would think they're the most amazing people. And, and that's how elected officials often work is that they create their own – touchdowns that way they can declare victory every single time and that's why you want to have a chairman of the GOP who's willing to say this is how you define a touchdown this is how you define a victory this is how you define success and so now the same way voters hold you accountable the party infrastructure is also going to hold you accountable so thank you again to Alan West for not backing down and uh, continuing to push these legislators because they will hopefully eventually realize that all that Chairman West is doing is telling them that they're going to be held accountable to the Republican platform. And if we have a very successful session, they will receive all the credit in the world. And if they kill all of those conservative priorities, then they should justly be held accountable for being unwilling to act in their public office, in their public official status to advance those priorities, because these are priorities that everybody campaigns on but has a hard time implementing after they get elected. So there you go. I hope you have a great week. I hope you have a blessed Thanksgiving. I hope you're seeing your family for Thanksgiving. If you're not, I hope you're safe and healthy. Uh, My wife's side of the family is all getting together, and um, evidently that'd be some some sort of controversial thing in some circles. But uh, the reality is that we're going to enjoy our time together. We're going to fellowship. If you know people who uh, don't have someone to spend Thanksgiving with, please consider reaching out to them, just checking in on their Thanksgiving plans. And if they don't have any, at least inviting them to consider spending time with you. Because the truth is that uh, loneliness and suicide and and, uh, isolation is killing people in the state of Texas. And uh, we've got to understand that there are basic building blocks of society that are being very upended by uh, a very heavy-handed government. And so our willingness to just reach out to our fellow man and engage in society in that way is incredibly important. God bless you. Uh, Have a happy Thanksgiving. God bless Texas. Thank you for listening to The Luke Messiah Show. This program is brought to you by Scorecard Media. Check out texasscorecard.com to read up on all things Texas. Scorecard Media has other podcasts as well. Yeah, they're not as good as this one, but you should still check them out. 
Honestly, though, visit TexasScorecard.com to see all the content they're producing on a daily basis. If you'd like our podcast to grow, please consider subscribing to the show on whatever platform you listen on and leave a review. That helps others find the content we're producing. Thank you. God bless you and God bless Texas. Texas.